to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick, Cody, and Justin coming at you on a Wednesday night before Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Haven't talked to you guys since our Week 17 reaction video. Uh, how has everybody been? It's been a while. It's been a. It's been almost a almost two full weeks. That's that's the longest we've gone without recording a podcast since I think. Uh, june of last year so that's uh that, that seemed like a long break for me seemed like a very long break uh yeah it feels kind of weird getting back into it almost feels like uh you know have put the training wheels back on but um yeah no it's it's been a while but glad that uh glad we kind of took last week off it was nice to kind of just sit back enjoy some football just have some some personal bets on it, and, uh, you know, it was a good weekend of football. There were some really good games. Obviously, the Sunday night game was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this weekend, too. Some decent matchups, even though there's a couple really big, you know, favorites that will probably kind of take the fun out of some of these games. Yeah, I am. Uh, I will get to the, the wild card weekend slate later with a full breakdown of each game. I don't know how I feel about this slate, though. There's, like you said, a few games that have kind of turned with injuries and uh, other factors that have kind of made them look like, you know, there's a heavy favorite on one side, but hopefully we can get some nice action this weekend. I think the divisional round will be the, you know, the, the weekend that will be the, the best football like it usually is. But hopefully we can have at least a couple close games this weekend. Uh, before we get into our wild card round preview, uh, we're going to review our preseason predictions, take a look at how we did in those as well. Uh, but before we get to that, I do want to update everybody on the news and injuries that we have uh, for this weekend. Uh, first off, a couple coaches got fired. Uh, obviously, we talked about uh, Nathaniel Hackett before because he got fired, uh, I believe, week 16. So he was already gone at that point. But Cliff Kingsbury also got fired by the Arizona Cardinals, so that's honestly probably very good news for Kyler Murray. If you're, uh, you know, if you have him in a dynasty league or a keeper format, that should be good news moving forward. Um, and then I think that is the only coach that got fired that we did not talk about already. Uh, so we'll go ahead and you know get into that later on in the offseason, kind of the implications there. Hopefully, we can have an early decision by the Cardinals, so we know who is going to be the coach there. Uh, but as far as the injuries go, uh, DeMar Hamlin first. I wanted to uh, touch on this first. He was released from the hospital. That's very good news. Only nine days after he was initially, uh, you know, died, you know, he had the incident on the field. So pretty quick turnaround for him, I would say. Good to see. Uh, Skylar Thompson, he will start for the Miami Dolphins this weekend. That is very bad news for Miami fans. That means both Bridgewater and uh, Tua have already been rolled out. And Raheem Mostert's looking iffy, as well as Teron Armstead. So very uphill battle that the, the Dolphins will be playing on Sunday against uh, this Bills team. Mike Williams has not practiced, but the Chargers expect both him and Joey Bosa to play. Cody, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Uh, I I have no idea why the Chargers played their starters uh, against the, the Broncos in Week 18. Seems like just a, an objectively stupid thing to do, and it almost cost them. They got lucky here, but... I didn't get that one at all. Did you have any other take on that? No. <clears throat> I would say the other side of that coin is just momentum can be everything rolling into the playoffs. We, you know, saw what the, you know, Bengals kind of did last year. So I understand that part of it, but you know, I think I think it's just most more important to be healthy than anything. If Mike Williams if you're getting one hundred percent healthy Mike Williams this weekend, uh going against the Jaguars, you feel a lot better than you know, a little bit of better momentum going into that game. So 
I think I think moving forward, especially if you're a coach that doesn't play your players in the preseason because it doesn't matter, why would you play them in a regular season season game that doesn't matter? So I feel like he kind of just tried to outthink the room a little bit and uh yeah, might have might have bit him a little little bit there. Um have you seen anything about Mike Williams and him playing on Saturday? I know he's questionable, but I just seen he the hasn't Chargers, practiced. The Chargers say they expect both of them to play, but he has okay. not practiced yet, so uh, we'll see. But they they say they are expecting both Williams and Bosa to play. It looks like Bosa is probably a little more on the you know sure side of things than Mike yeah. Williams. But as a Mike Williams yeah, I was, fantasy owner, I will say that uh, sure to play also doesn't mean he's going to be out there very much. So that, exactly. I, that that's, that's the other thing is like is it's fine that he's playing, but like was him running that route last week worth him not being one hundred percent? Absolutely not. If you're already locked into where you're going to be, there's no point of him being out there. Herbert was out there way too long, too. I just don't really get why he kind of overthought that. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to keep some of your starters out there that are perfectly healthy, you know, that's fine. Get them some reps and get them out like the third preseason game. You know, same situation there for some coaches. But, uh, yeah, some guys like Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, I just don't understand why they were on the field since, like you said, it didn't matter for them at all. And those two have been banged up all year, and I can't imagine they were 100%. And that's probably – you know, why they got hurt in the game and they will not be a hundred percent this Sunday. So just, or I guess this Saturday, anyway, we'll talk about that later when we uh, talk about chargers Jags and then Lamar Jackson, the last one here, he is looking unlikely for Sunday right now, probably going to be Tyler Huntley against the Bengals. Uh, all these quarterback injuries are part of the reason why this wildcard weekend is looking like it could be a bit of a dud. Hopefully it gets back out there, but it does not look like it at this point. Uh, anything you want to talk about with those news and injuries, Cody, or do you want to just move into the uh, reviewing our preseason predictions here? Yeah, I just want to check in on uh, what your temperature is on the Lamar Jackson situation. Um, I mean, it is playoff football, so you would think if he's healthy enough to play, he should be out there no matter what. But uh, I think wasn't it mid-December was when he started becoming, you know, potentially coming back to play, and now we're starting to get into mid-January, so – I, do you think there's anything looming contract-wise in the background that could be affecting his decision, or do you think it's just strictly injury keeping him out? Uh, I mean, I, I can't say for sure. I would not think Lamar Jackson would hold himself out of a playoff situation uh, if he thought he could go, but the contract's certainly out there, and it you know it would be hard for it not to be a factor for any human being considering that you know Lamar it's a lot is one bad step away from not getting that contract at all, so... Wouldn't really blame him that much if it was, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to accuse him of anything without having the full story. It looks like he is just genuinely injured. Sometimes these things just take longer than you think to start, but uh, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I will say I think Lamar Jackson has played his last down as a Raven. I believe he will move on this offseason, whether it's through a trade. It will definitely be through a trade. They're not going to yeah. obviously not going to cut him, but uh, they'll franchise him, and I think they'll t- they'll trade him to somebody that wants to give him a long term extension. Like I don't know, the Jets are a team that come to mind. The Raiders maybe if they're you know moving on from Carr. So we'll see. But I believe he will not play for the Ravens next year. Any shot you think the uh, the Bears would do Justin Fields for Lamar Jackson straight up? I I think that if you're the Bears, you you want to take advantage of you, you're either trading right. Justin Fields for assets and taking Bryce Young and then having him on the five year you know rookie scale contract, right? Or you're just rolling with Justin Fields. I don't see why you would trade Justin Fields for another running quarterback that hasn't been in your system for a year. You know, seems like kind of just trading Justin Fields for an older version of himself and then having to pay him immediately. So yeah, you nailed I don't know that. Why they would do that? Um, but. 
uh, yeah, I, I do think Lamar is going to play somewhere else. What do you think? you think he'll be back with the Ravens? Uh, I would probably say most likely. My only thing is I do – I'm not going to like speculate on whether or not, obviously, if more comes out, we'll talk about it. I, I think there could be something looming contract-wise in the background as to why, even if he's, you know, 65% and probably could play, and, you know, his 65% is better than 100% of Tyler Huntley, you'd rather have Lamar Jackson out there. I could I could see him just saying, no, I'm not going to – to go out there, I don't feel like we have you know the weapons around me necessary to you know be a Super Bowl team, and I'm not going to go risk my contract doing it. So, uh, not saying he is, but just saying that is a you know a possibility. Um, so yeah, I could see him definitely being off the Ravens. I think that you know if there's if there's even a chance of this being a case, then that's going to be a really hard thing to uh, for a locker room to understand that a guy didn't come back because he didn't get paid, even though he got offered a Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson S contract, which no one else in that locker room is going to get anywhere near that kind of money. So, um, yeah, I think it could be kind of weird in Baltimore. But like I said, I'm kind of just interested to see as more stuff comes out. I'm sure if they lose pretty bad to Cincy this weekend, there will be some stuff leaked if uh, if some big moves are on the way. Yeah, we'll we'll see as it moves on here. Uh, hopefully he's able to play this weekend. Doesn't look like it, though. And without him, I think they have very little chance of beating the Bengals on the road. Um, and, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll think, I'm going to take the Jets right now as my leader for Lamar Jackson next season. We'll see. That'd be awesome. How it develops. Yeah, no, that would be, that'd be great for my Garrett Wilson. Well, I'm not even sure if that'd be good for my Garrett Wilson chairs, but at least it'd be better than Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and start uh, with these uh, reviewing our preseason predictions real quick here. Uh, Cody cleaned up in the NFC where we will begin here on the division winners. Uh, he got three of four right. I uh, got two of four right. So we'll start with the NFC North. Cody correctly predicted that the Vikings would win this division. Kudos to him. The Green Bay Packers were the consensus pick, and I uh, fell for them. I took them to win the division, thought that defense would Get them some easy wins, but Cody easily took that one. The Vikings absolutely smashed. Uh, they had the division locked up, I believe. The I think they were the first team to have it wrapped up. So good call there, Cody. Got to give you some props on that pick. Anything to add on the NFC North, or uh, you want to just move on to the? Yeah, I, I appreciate East, the which kudos. Is another bad one for me. No, nothing better than you know the winning team having a negative point differential and then having it locked up super early in the season. So yeah, this is a good one. I, I had a good feeling about the Vikings having a good year. Um, looks like their offense is pretty good with, um, Oh, I just lost his name. O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Kevin O'Connell. Um, so yeah, good for the Vikings. Their defense is terrible. Probably what's going to kill them in the playoffs, but if they can find a way to improve that, their offense is, uh, doesn't really hold them back in too many games. Yeah, I think Green Bay might have the worst outlook out of any NFC North team right now moving forward. Uh, the Bears obviously have all that money to spend this offseason and the number one pick that they will get a ton of capital for if they decide to trade it. And then the Detroit Lions obviously ended up finishing above the Green Bay Packers and just look generally on the upswing. They're a young team, and they're getting better each year under Dan Campbell. So. Green Bay might have a few disappointing years ahead, especially if Rodgers ends up retiring. Uh, what do you think on that one? Do you think he'll be back or do you think he's done? I think Rodgers is done, at least in Green Bay. He may get himself traded somewhere or work out something like that, but uh, just the way he kind of treated that whole last game, didn't want to give up his jersey, that kind of stuff, just – I could see him also doing it just for the react, get, just to get people's reaction. But I kind of took it as that's going to be his last game as a Packer. So I'm gonna th- I'm gonna assume that he's going somewhere else this off season. 
I'm just going to hope that he's done, done, and we don't have to hear about it anymore. That would be I would, uh, okay really with him retiring. Rodgers is the last pass in the NFL being a, an interception to lose him uh, an important game. It would be very fitting. Uh, the NFC East, <laughs> Cody again cleans up here, picked the underdog Eagles to win the NFC East. I guess they were, they were pretty close to even betting odds with the yeah. Cowboys by the time the season started. But anyway, still, good call here. He, uh, he got the Eagles. Dallas obviously ended up being a pretty damn good team, too. Ended up winning 12 games, but the Eagles, number one seed in the NFC. Another good pick, Cody. Kudos to you. I'll let you take the floor on the Eagles. I will take all the kudos in the world because the second-place Cowboys I had missing the playoffs. So I will I will take my <laughs> we'll Eagles kudos while I, while I can. Um, yeah, I thought they were going to be good. I honestly thought this was going to be more of uh, – the Eagles kind of beating up on a lowly division. So I kind of played my hand wrong that way, but just got a little bit lucky that I picked, uh, I picked the best team, but yeah, it was, I think that one, I, I kind of got lucky because I kind of made the wrong call. If, you, if we go back and listen, I definitely would have said that they were going to beat up on, you know, all three of the teams in their division. And I, I mean, they probably did because they won so many games, but the division was tough. So uh, I think probably the best division in football. So, so as surprising yeah, as think, that is, yeah, they were, they lost two of their three games inside the division because they lost one to Dallas and then one to yep. uh, the Commanders, Commanders, and they they lost the other one to the Saints with Minshew at the helm. So, still good call by you. The Eagles were definitely the better team all year, and that one was not really that close uh, from the beginning. The NFC South was a pretty easy one from the start. The Bucks were the you know kind of. Leftover champion here at eight and nine. Someone had to win the division. Uh, they were not worthy, but they did get it done. And I think they were the easy biggest favorite out of any division winner uh, out of the the whole slate, if I remember correctly. So oh, this yeah. one was pretty simple. But man, this was one imagine of the holding that Bucks, ever seen. that Bucks NFC South championship ticket all season long, and oh, they just yeah. look like they're going to throw Bang it away each and every it. week. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been uh, but, not worth the the stake you would have had to put in that the, the the years off your life you lost probably weren't worth the the you know twenty bucks you gained back for your hundred that you put down. Yeah, the NFC South is probably one of the worst football divisions to watch in general, but there's not really like a terrible team. The Falcons and the Saints and the Panthers all finish at seven and ten, which is not terrible. Um, obviously, not great, but they they all were kind of hanging in there towards the end of the season since the Bucks kind of fell apart. So. Uh, I feel like the South kind of got a little bit of uh, hate throughout the season, but all their teams finished, you know, solid. Yeah, really just a strange division all around. Three, seven, and ten teams and one, eight, and nine team. That is, uh, that's very odd. But anyway, uh, the Bucks ended up taking it. They needed a week, 17 win over the Panthers to do it, but they got it done eventually. And then in the NFC West, finally, I get one back on Cody. I had the 49ers winning this division, and they did that very easily. Uh, probably the, I think they were the second team to clinch their division. Cody had the defending champion Rams, and unfortunately, I had them in my wild card as well. So we both missed on the Rams. They completely fell apart this year. The Niners took this one rather easily, and I think uh, you know they probably have a couple year run here, looking like they might hold this division for a couple more years. Their roster is. Clear cuts, number one out of the uh, any team in the NFC West, in my opinion. Oh yeah, their their roster is unbelievable. Their only question is is what Purdy what Purdy is what Purdy doing sustainable or is he going to come back to earth? And if that happens, what's their quarterback situation looking like going into next year? But uh, roster wise, the 49ers 
probably the best roster uh, top to bottom in the NFL. Uh, yeah, the Rams, that was just a bad miss. Just like you said, they completely fell apart. Um, Aaron Donald missed time. Matthew Stafford missed a lot. Cooper Cup missed a lot of time. So uh, all their big names went down. And, I mean, the one thing about the Rams is they had basically no depth. So as we saw, playing with Baker Mayfield, Tutu Atwell got a lot of work towards the end of the season. So definitely not what you were expecting to see from the Rams. But like you said, 49ers won this division. Should be pretty comfortable. I mean, we'll see what the Seahawks do. They may be somewhat competitive right around 500 for, you know, a couple more years. Rams, we'll see what happens with Sean McVay. The Cardinals, we'll see who they get as a coach. I mean, there's a chance the 49ers can go on a three-, four-year run where they just run away with this division year after year. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are the team they got to look out for. They got lots of draft capital and a lot of for good sure. young players from this draft class uh, they just had. I think it just comes down to a quarterback thing with them, whereas the 49ers roster is just – so good, the quarterback doesn't even matter. Like you said, they brought in a seventh-round rookie, and he has looked fantastic behind that offensive line with those playmakers. I think, yeah, the Purdy versus Lance discussion will be a very interesting one this offseason. Obviously, it's going to have a lot to do with how they do in the playoffs. Let's uh, look at the wild card teams here. A couple, you know, off-the-board results. We kind of see that a lot with the wild card, so it's, it's always going to be very tough to pick these teams, but... Dallas finished first. That was one of the easier ones to get. But then the Giants and the Seahawks, obviously neither one of us had those teams in our playoff predictions. Uh, but I uh, I ended up sneaking a couple of teams in here that made the playoffs. So I guess I get half credit for these. The Vikings I had as my number one wild card. They ended up winning their division. I had the Rams as my second wild card. They obviously fell apart as we just talked about. And then I had the Eagles as my third wild card. You know, seven seed, first seed, who's who's counting? I had them in the playoffs, so I'll give myself half a point for that one. Cody, uh, do you want to give your teams? Yeah, for sure. The first team I had in the wild card was the 49ers. So they obviously won their division. Second team I had was the Packers, which um, I, I did not know this, actually. I did not remember this when I was watching Sunday Night Football. I was 110% rooting for the Vikings, so, or not the Vikings, the Lions. So, um, and I, yeah, very happy to see the Packers out of there. And then three, I chose the Saints. That was honestly just to be very disrespectful and keep the Cowboys out of my playoffs this year. So um, I thought the Saints probably could have put up a little bit more of a fight if they had Jameis all season long, but that's all right. You know, the Cowboys had a good season, um, but stuttering right before the playoffs like they uh, like to do. So we'll see what happens with them uh, uh, this weekend. We will see what happens this weekend. Our conference title picks, we're going to uh, give our picks before the season, and then we're going to give our new picks uh, at the end, and then we'll give our Super Bowl winners after we do the uh, AFC conference title. I had the Vikings over the Green Bay Packers. That one is obviously not going to happen. One of those two teams could be in it, but I'm changing both of my teams for my new pick. I'm taking the Cowboys over the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Dak, I think, is just you know, going to be the difference maker Get here. Purdy. Yep. Brock Purdy uh, will end up collapsing on the big stage here. I have the Cowboys over the 49ers uh, to make the Super Bowl. So, you know, all those annoying Dallas fans will come out of the woodwork. Don't you worry. Oh, absolutely. I'll be one of them too. So. Oh yeah. Already coming. Um, <laughs> so with the 49ers, with your pick, them making it to the NFC title game is Purdy their starter going into next year. If that's the case. So I, I would think uh, so if he makes it that far. I'd say it's going to be pretty hard think, for Lance to take it. I think it's easy enough for the 49ers to just open it up and make it a competition, but I think Purdy will probably win the job if he gets them to the, the title game. It's 
you know, it's, it's going to be hard for Lance to look great coming off that ankle injury without, without playing, you know, for a full year, basically. So I think Purdy would be the guy if that was the case. For sure. And I actually have the 49ers take, or I had them taking it a step further. This is a good pick. I had them over the Vikings. Uh, I actually wanted to roll with that. I think that could be a good it's, NFC title game, yeah, but it's impossible. So cannot roll yeah. with it. Uh, so I decided to go a different route with good it. I'm going to take the 49ers over the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Brock Purdy and the Niners go in to Lincoln Financial and steal it from the Eagles. But, um, yeah, I think – I mean, the 49ers are good. Obviously, we're both on them. I think they're probably one of the favorite teams in the uh, in the NFC. And then each of us taking our respective uh, NFC East favorites. So yeah, we, we got our favorites, and we're riding with them this year. Uh, yeah, I think the 49ers-Eagles game would be so fun to watch just because of the line play on both sides. Uh, probably the best offensive line in the league with the Eagles and the best defensive line in the league with the 49ers. And then, again, on the other side, a, a great defensive line with the Eagles and a top-five unit for the Niners as well. So that would be a very fun watch. And uh, I don't mind the pick at all. I, I was gonna—I was actually wondering if you were going to notice that the Vikings could not play the Niners because if both of them win, they will be playing each other on championship weekend. But. Uh, excuse yep. me, on divisional, divisional round weekend, but uh, it was still a good call. Both those teams were very good and have a chance to advance. Anything else on the NFC, or do you want to jump to the AFC here, Cody? Nope. Let's go ahead and move on over to the AFC. So we both had Baltimore winning the AFC North. Uh, obviously, that did not end up happening. Uh, a Lamar injury derailed any you know late close battle these two teams were going to have. It actually did come down to the last game of the year, but. Anthony Brown was starting for the Baltimore Ravens. They had no chance from the start. The Bengals took the AFC North. I don't really have any regrets here. I think both teams are really good. If Lamar was healthy, it probably would have been a close race. And, you know, him being out the last five games certainly had a lot to do with uh, Baltimore ending up that they ended up falling behind the Bengals. So no regrets, but the Bengals are very good. Yeah, absolutely. I think we both were kind of on a little bit of a Bengals uh, coming back to earth this year, you know, narrative. And, uh, they, they kind of did it at the beginning of the year, but once Joe Burrow got it rolling again, they just they did not look back. I think they're on an eight- or seven-game win streak going into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, they're they're feeling good. But, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad call. I think, I mean, Baltimore finished probably two games behind them because they lost the last one. Oh, I guess two and a half because we don't really know what happened. Or the other one's a no contest. Right. But, exactly. uh, yeah, I mean – the Ravens were in there. I think if Lamar's in there the whole season, they also finish up there around 11, 12 wins. So don't necessarily hate the pick, just a little bit of bad injury luck. Yeah, 100%. This, this, uh, I really wish Lamar was playing this weekend. This would be such a fun game between these two divisional rivals. But, awesome. again, it looks like it's going to be Huntley, unfortunately. Hopefully they can keep it close and make this a game. I don't believe they will, as we will get to later, but – uh, AFC East, our next division, this one, again, probably the second easiest division to pick after the uh, NFC South. And the Bills ended up running away with this one, was looking dicey in the middle of the year. The Jets and the Dolphins were both giving them a run, but uh, they both fell off very hard at the end of the year, and the Bills took it rather easily uh, with the Patriots, I think, ended up – or actually, excuse me, the Dolphins finished second. They made the playoffs, but uh, all of them finished in a pretty similar – Nine and eight, eight and nine area, and the Bills took this one pretty easily at 13 and three. So, this one pretty much, I think this division is probably the one that went the most as expected at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I will say the Dolphins, um, you know, they they get rid of Brian Flores, bring in Mike McDaniel, trade for 
Tyreek Hill, Trey for Barrett, Bradley Chubb, all just to have another season where Tua's in and out of games with injuries and concussions, and they go 9-8. and eight. And just so happened this year that they end up being the 9-8 and eight team that gets into the playoffs. So, little, uh, I don't know, feel like a little bit underwhelming from the Dolphins a little bit. I feel like they were the only team that could have gave the Bills a chance going into the season. So, um, yeah, Buffalo, pretty clear. Pretty pretty easy winner here. Like you said, kind of gave him a fight for a while, but pretty big fall off by all three teams. Yeah, disappointed. We did not get to see Tua healthy the whole year. Uh, I believe the, the Dolphins ended up being something like 8-2 uh, and two in the games that Tua started and finished, so maybe a yeah. different season for them if, that, uh, you know, if he was able to stay healthy throughout the whole year. And we'll see this Sunday it's going to be Skylar Thompson, as we mentioned off the top, so that one is going to be very tough. AFC South, we both had the Colts. Could not have been more wrong there. Uh, they finished second to last in the South because the South contains the Texans, but they were 4-12-1 at the end of the year. Not even close. Jacksonville ends up stealing this division with a late-season run. Cody's Jacksonville Jaguars. Very exciting young team. I don't, you know, this one, I'm a little frustrated that I fell for the Colts, uh, you know, juju here because they, you know, were just – really pretty bad from the start. They really had no momentum throughout the entire season, but good on Jacksonville. I was happy to see them bounce back. Trevor Lawrence is an easy guy to root for. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, very excited for Jacksonville. Cannot wait to watch them Saturday night. I think that's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. So definitely looking forward to that. But yeah, with the Colts, unfortunately, the uh, Sam Ellinger breakout that we were just predicting in the preseason did not happen for us. And, uh, the Colts went up in a, a nice little dumpster fire, but that's all right. I don't think – is there any combination of quarterback and coach the Colts can get this offseason that would put you back on their bandwagon, or do you think they've completely fallen off now? Well, here's the thing. They were bad enough that they will have the number four overall selection this year, so there's a chance they could get C.J. Stroud if they're up that high and they you know, maybe trade up the two. It's not all, That's not a far way to go for them, so – if they ended up getting Stroud and then a decent offensive coach, I you know I think they could be all right. They'll still have Jonathan Taylor. They can hopefully you know add to that offensive line, maybe uh, you know re-energize that a little bit. It, it could be interesting just because they ended up falling so far down and ended up getting a decent draft slot. So that I think that's the only thing that saves them. Yep, for sure. And then that's the last division in the AFC. <laughs> uh, so we'll go ahead and move on. To- Cody, I'll, I'll let you take the last one, and then uh, then we can talk the wild card because I'm good on that. All right, uh, AFC West champions. I believe it's seven years in a row now, so it wasn't really hard to see if you just kind of watched the trends over the past half decade. You would have known the Chiefs were most likely going to win this division, which I did. Uh, unfortunately, Nick decided to pick uh, the last place Broncos, the five and twelve Broncos. Is that right? That's correct. <laughs> I know. That's I still can't believe that actually happened this year. You had them in your wild card as oh, yeah. in a second. So oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think you can knock them too hard. But anyway. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's fair enough. Terrible season. I think they showed, showed some life at the end of the year. Hopefully uh, that, that means that it was, you know, 60% the coach instead of 70% Russ. But they get a new guy in there. I think, uh, you know, they still have the pieces. The roster is pretty good. So. They, they could be an interesting team next year, but certainly probably the most disappointing season I've had since I have uh, been able to recall the NFL uh, as a Broncos fan. 
Yep. I think they'll turn it around a little bit. I just, I think Nathaniel Hackett was probably in over his head even more than a lot of people thought. So I think there's a lot of situations where you look and you see really bad coaches just make teams. I mean, look at what the difference between, you know, even a quarterback like Baker Mayfield between when he had uh, Freddie Kitchens and then the first year where Kevin Stefanski was there. It's It's like night and day. So um, yeah, bad coach, bad offensive scheme can definitely kill even a good quarterback. So I think they get the right guy in there, you know, hopefully not someone like a Sean Payton, then I think Russ could see a pretty good turnaround. So I'm not completely out on the Broncos either. I think they're still going to be a threat in the years to come. Yeah, it's just going to be all about who they can get in there as the, uh, the head coach. Clearly, Russ is probably more of a system quarterback than we would have hoped, at least in Denver. Uh, but if they can get the right system in there, I still think he's capable. I mean, he's you know been a very good quarterback for the past decade, so I don't think he just forgot how to play. Well, we'll see who they get in. I think that's going to be the, the – if I'm in on my Broncos next year, it's going to be because I like the new hire. But that's going to that – will determine a lot. Let's talk about our wild card picks here. Um, only one surprise team, and I think we honestly that team was not incredibly surprising. We, you know, they were probably on the fringes of our consideration for our wild card picks. The actual wild card this year: Chargers as the uh, the first wild card, Ravens number two, and the Dolphins snuck in as the nine and eight team, as Cody mentioned earlier. I had the Chiefs as the first wild card. They obviously won the division. I had the Bengals as the second wild card. They obviously won their division. And then I had the Chargers as the third wild card. They did make it in the wild cards uh, section there. So I think I got five out of the seven AFC playoff teams and four out of the seven NFC playoff teams. Not great, but that's pretty solid. I'll, I'll take nine out of uh, 14. That you, you can't, you know, that's uh, that's better than better than average, I would bet. Yeah, absolutely. I think I actually... I think I also got nine out of fourteen. Um, did. Yes, I did as well. So yeah, we're right there on the same page. I ended up having. Uh, all right, I thought that it was going to be the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. So uh, yeah, I did a little bit better on the AFC side as well. Besides the, my uh, Jaguars sneaking in and taking the AFC South, and uh, I had the Broncos in over the um, Dolphins. Besides that, we, we were pretty close on the AFC. So. Uh, I felt like the AFC was a lot harder to predict with how many just good young quarterbacks there are, and that that narrative definitely played out throughout the entire season. I mean, going into the playoffs here, when I'm when we're going to go over who we think is going to win, I'm definitely just doing it more with just my heart than anything because any given you know any given week, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, or Patrick Mahomes can win any given game, so it, it's going to be pretty crazy. These you know for the next I don't know eight to ten years in the AFC, you're going to get. Mahomes, Herbert, Allen, Burrow, uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. It's just, yeah, it's nuts. You know, if Wilson comes back a little bit, he's going to be in that consideration. It's just crazy the amount of good quarterbacks the AFC has. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Will be very interesting moving forward, especially because a lot of those guys are, you know, young quarterbacks that have a lot of runway in front of them. So. Will be a tough, uh, tough bid to have the AFC crown each and every year for the next probably eight to ten, like you said, with all of those young quarterbacks in place. Uh, let's go ahead and amend our conference title picks here. I had the Bills over my Broncos in the conference title. That one obviously is not going to happen, but I'm going to keep my original pick for the AFC champion. I think the best overall team uh, throughout this year, and I think they will triumph over the Chiefs in a neutral site AFC championship game, man, that would be a lot of fun to watch. 
Bills over Chiefs in the AFC title game. That is my new pick. Have you uh, have you gotten any word or have you seen anything on where the neutral site game would be held? Like I know I've seen like it's, speculative stuff. I've but... heard that it's just going to be determined by Roger Goodell. So he's going to look at his options and pick the best one. Um, but I don't think there is a definitive location just yet. Yeah, I don't know where there's an open stadium in the middle of those two. But this is a game that's got to be played outside. I I, I mean. I think both teams are I like have to, going indoors yeah. is not going to affect it that much. Like I think maybe gives the Bills a little bit more of a bump just because their offense is insane as well. But just either way, this game would have been played out in the elements, you know, for the championship. I just feel like they got to keep that integrity part of it. But knowing Roger we'll Goodell, see. he'll probably just do want to do what's best for TV, and this thing's going to end up at Allegiant Stadium or something like that. <laughs> But, I gotta say, I would not complain if this thing ends up in a dome. I'd much rather watch a thirty-five, thirty-one game than right. a you know twenty to seventeen affair because it's ten degrees and windy outside. For sure. All right, my FC uh, conference title picks here. We're definitely gonna have to do some amending. I had Baltimore over the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, still possible. I believe. Still possible. This one definitely could happen if they both upset um, their matchups this weekend, then they could go in and play. Uh, well, yes, they would. Then the, the they'd four- have to upset two times. Well, at least the Chargers well, would be a slight under. They're slight. Under, uh, they're actually favored this weekend slightly, but yeah, it would be yeah. it would be very long odds to get both these two into the. Yeah, champion. you also got Baltimore rolling out with rolling without Lamar Jackson, so that one's basically yeah, thrown away anyway. So, um, I'm going to change it up. I do think that the Chargers are dangerous, but I think that in the playoffs, um, coaching decisions can. Be the things that win and lose you games, and the Chargers just make decisions that lose you games too often than not. So I just I can't have them making it too far. I'm going to take my Chiefs over the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. This is more of uh, how I just want to see this year play out in my head. I think it's been a crazy season. The Bengals Bills rematch in round I guess not rematch, but game in round two I think will be. Uh, you know, just as exciting and everyone's going to be just as excited as they were for the first one. It's going to be an electric game. And then if, uh, you know, the Bengals upset the Bills, hopefully they get to come to Arrowhead and uh, the Chiefs can finally get over that Bengals hump and and head into their next uh, their third Super Bowl in fourth years, four years. I know you said as a Chiefs fan uh, a couple weeks ago that you would rather play the Bills than the Bengals. But considering the fact that you would now have to travel to a neutral site stadium instead of being able to play them at home. Would you rather play the Bills in a neutral site or the Bengals at home? Um, I think uh, I think I'm gonna go Bengals. My my thing with the Bills is now they just have I mean, if you just needed any more kind of motivation to gear up for a playoff run, I mean they literally just had one of their teammates basically pass away and get resuscitated on a field. I mean, I can only imagine the kind of energy that brings to the locker room, especially now that he's okay. I mean, I I just I feel like with the Bills do go on to go win it, like there's gonna be some kind of just theme around this playoff run uh surrounding the DeMar Hamlin situation. And honestly, if the Bills played the Chiefs in the AFC championship game, like I'm at the point I wouldn't be too upset if the Bills won just because I, I kinda like that narrative. So just to have to avoid that situation, I think I'd rather the, see the Bengals just because that means they knocked them out and then, uh, you know, the Chiefs don't have to be that team. 
kind of a weird sure. thought process there. No, but... I understand where you're coming from, though. Uh, definitely makes sense to. They're a tough team to root against right now. No exactly. Question. And just uh, on the field, they're amazing. Matter. I'm not going to take away from that too. They're unbelievable, just like the Bengals good. and the Chiefs. I mean, either of these three teams, I feel like, should be representing the AFC, and it's going to be a good Super Bowl for the AFC. It won't matter if it's the Bills or the Bengals. You won't beat either one of them. So <laughs> don't worry your little head about it, Cody. Uh, so uh, our MVP picks, we're both wrong here. Uh, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. It's just the, the statistical argument is just too strong for him. He leads in touchdown passes and passing yards by quite a wide margin. I had Josh Allen. I believe he will finish number two, if I had to guess. And then uh, Cody had Lamar Jackson. Unfortunate that his injury derailed that, although he was not trending towards uh, being in the discussion with those tough few weeks to end uh, you know, his healthy part of the season. So Patrick Mahomes will be taking home his second MVP in all likelihood, Cody. So you want to do another victory lap? Go ahead. No, that's all right. I think that uh, before the season, we were you know crapping on people that would take Jalen Hurts to win the MVP instead of just taking Lamar Jackson because they were at the same exact value. And, you know, some could say if Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt, he is right there in that discussion, and there may be more of a discussion about it. But, uh, yeah, I think that's just a good recall there because we were both definitely on the uh, Lamar Jackson side of that argument over Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts absolutely balled out. So good for him. And then, yeah, Patrick Mahomes getting number two. That's pretty exciting as well. Yeah, definitely missed on Lamar, but again, injury and then uh, injury to his offensive pieces ended up playing a large part in that. Uh, our Super Bowl picks here, I kind of, I, I really wanted to stick with Bills over Vikings. It would be really fun to see both of these fran- tortured franchises in the Super Bowl against each other. Uh, both of these fan bases have seen their teams go zero and four in the Super Bowl, so we would see who the ultimate, you know, Super Bowl loser is in that situation, and it is definitely still possible, but. I just don't think this Vikings team can navigate through three playoff games uh, and get out the other side. So I am going to move to Bills over the Cowboys, keeping the Bills as my champion. They've been the best team all year, as I said, and I think uh, Josh Allen will get his first ring and the Buffalo Bills will get their first ring as a franchise. Yep, don't hate it. Uh, At the beginning of the season, I thought the 49ers were going to be playing the Baltimore Ravens for the Super Bowl or going to be beating the Baltimore Ravens for the Super Bowl. I think on the close to the 10-year reunion of when they played uh, or something like that, we looked it up before the season. Um, But now that uh, it has shaken out, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the 49ers in a repeat of the Super Bowl three years ago. Um, I think that could be a lot of fun. We saw that in the regular season. I can only imagine the 49ers would uh, be pretty fired up to get a second round at the Chiefs after getting kind of humiliated uh, the first time they played. So that could be a really fun game. Like I said, kind of being a little bit of a Chiefs homer here, but it's playoff time. So I, I, I kept it in for all the preseason stuff. I try not to be too big of a homer, but at this point, I want the Chiefs to win really more than anything. So. Uh, another game that you would unfortunately lose this time around, but I do understand your Chiefs homer here. Uh, you got to you got to stick with your boys, and you know uh, it's not going to work out for you. But I do appreciate you, uh, you know, with your your candor here, Cody. So those are our updated Super Bowl picks and conference title picks. We'll see how they work out. Again, we'll be predicting each game as it goes here. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into those games though. This weekend, we're going to just go game by game in chronological order here starting out with our Saturday slate. 
the Seattle Seahawks traveling to take on the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco favored by nine and a half points at home. Over under is 42 and a half for this one. Uh, I, I got to say this one's on my lower end of the confidence scale as far as picking uh, against the spread here. Uh, I amended my pick just before we started this podcast, actually. I, I'm taking the Seahawks and the points. You know the old adage, it's tough to beat a, time, a team, three, team uh, three times in one season. And I think the, the Seahawks could give them a game here, but I probably would not take them to win it. Just uh, too much going in San Francisco's favor. I think the Seahawks will keep it close and lose by a touchdown, but... This is one of those games that could end up being kind of ugly. Uh, we have a lot of divisional affairs that could work out that way. So this is uh, this is one of them. Hopefully it's a good game, but I could easily see this just being, you know, t- 24 to 10 San Francisco in a pretty uh, uneventful game. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's exactly how I see this game going. Uh, in the regular season, the 49ers beat the Seahawks twice. The Seahawks were 0-2, uh, obviously both straight up and then against the spread as well. And they only scored a total of 20 points in their two games this season against the 49ers. So for those reasons, I'm just going to rule with the hot team. I'm going to take San Francisco minus nine and a half. Um, And then I think we're both on the under of 42 and a half. I think that this just kind of comes back to the Seahawks side for me. They just don't really score too many points against this really good defense. So just going to, you know, kind of predict there's going to be a low, low scoring affair here in this game. Um, Overall, game-wise, though, I, I just kind of I see this being a game where you know the 49ers are going to work on running the ball, probably some screens to to Debo get Kittle involved a little bit, and then you know just kind of run it and keep the clock moving. And you know the Seahawks, I can imagine, get down by seven to ten kind of quickly, and then Geno's just having to play hero ball, and they end up losing by you know fourteen to seventeen, like Nick predicted, not being able to put up too many points. So. Uh, yeah, like I said, my roll 49ers minus nine and a half and then under 42.5. Yeah, I'd probably stay away from the line if it was me in just general sense. I think this would fall uh, at to number five on my confidence scale out of these uh, six wildcard games. There is a firm six below it we'll get to later, but <laughs> I do like the under quite a bit at 42 and a half. Like Cody mentioned earlier, they played twice before and both games ended with 34 total points, so... You could have added a touchdown to either one of those games and still fallen under 42 and a half. I think that line is a little bit too high. That that would probably fall into, into my three favorite bets of this weekend if we had a best bet segment. The under is the play here if you have one. Uh, but be my guest if you want to bet against the spread. I am just not very confident either way. Anything else you want to add on Seahawks 49ers? Nope, I'm all good. I think this might be uh, my favorite game of the weekend from a pure football perspective. That's Chargers at Jaguars. Chargers favored by two points on the road for some reason. Over-under is 47.5. Both of us are on the Jags here, plus two. I know Cody's been the Jags homer all season, so I don't know if he's making this pick from his heart, but I'm making this pick from my head, and I don't understand why the Jags are getting points at all. I feel like they should be favored in this one. I think uh, both these teams are pretty equal as far as just overall quality, and the Jaguars are at home, so that should give them a couple points on the uh, on the spread. But they're getting two, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they win this game. I think it'll be a close affair, and you know, if the Chargers end up winning by a field goal, then you know, you tip your hat. But I think getting two points for the Jags at home is a, is a great deal. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um... I think there's a really good chance that we see Doug Peterson completely outclass um, 
Uh, Very good chance. Uh, gosh, why am I losing coaches' names today? Um, Brandon Staley. Thank you, Brandon Staley. So I think there's, I think there's a really good chance that we see Doug Peterson outclass Brandon Staley, and you know the Jag, the Jaguars win this by you know a touchdown or so. I feel like really, if you like Jacksonville plus two, just take Jacksonville money line as well. Um, Agreed. Because yeah. I, I think I like that just as much, really. So. Um, yeah, I think this one's pretty – it's pretty simple for me. I, I think we're going to differ a little bit on the over-under. I kind of see it being a little bit lower scoring. Uh, Herbert's first playoff game as well as Lawrence. We'll see if there's any little – you know, a little bit of nerve from both quarterbacks. And then if it's close down in the fourth quarter, we'll see which team gets tight. you got to imagine there's a lot of inexperience on both sides. One of these teams are, you know, bound to make a mistake or something like that and kind of cost their team down the stretch, I imagine. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you too hard in the over-under, honestly. I like Jacksonville plus two quite a bit. That might fall into my best three bets on this weekend sure. as well. But the over, the over-under at 47.5, I think that's a pretty good line. I think me taking the over here is more just me hoping this game plays out that way. It would just be really fun to watch Lawrence and Herbert sling it and you know end up with a 31-24 type of game here. But I could easily see it going under as well. Um, earlier this season, though, uh, Jacksonville did beat the Chargers 38-10 to on their turf. So a lot of reasons to think that Jacksonville can at least hang in, but I would say probably win this affair. And I don't know, if we come back next week and the Chargers ended up winning by a touchdown, we'll just have to tip our hat to, to Vegas because this just looks a lot like a line where they're really trying to get you to bet the, uh, the Jaguars. For sure. And then let's move on to the Sunday slate here. First game on Sunday. This one shouldn't take too long. It's Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo favored by 13 points at home. Over-under is 43.5. I think this one, from a betting perspective, would be just a full stay away for me personally. But if you were going to bet it, I would take the bills and the points. I just can't imagine betting my, you know, betting my money on Skylar Thompson on the road in Buffalo against this Bills team, no matter how many points he's getting. I don't really have any other logic beyond that. It's pretty straightforward. This Bills team is just far better than the, the unit the Dolphins are running out there. Uh, they played two really close games, so that you know makes me kind of scared to give 13 points to them in this situation. But I think the Bills win, and the Bills win easily. Yeah, if you are someone that just religiously bets large spreads and you're going to take the underdog no matter what, I completely understand that. I think that's a very sharp way to bet, especially through the regular season. But when you're in the playoffs, the only thing that matters is winning. Teams aren't going to uh, take the pedal off the gas and, you know, not score a touchdown when they could have or anything like that. So I think that there's a really good chance Buffalo wins this by, you know, even a little bit more than 13. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to keep rambling because I'm just not going to recommend anyone bet on Skylar Thompson. Even with the points, I just I can't do it. So I would take Buffalo. I would go under as well. Just because I don't see I don't see Miami putting up a lot of points, but that's about it. Yeah, that effort against the Jets last week was very uninspiring to watch. A nine six ball game ended up eleven six because of this safety on the last play. But nine points at home, even against a good Jets defense, I, I just don't see how you're putting up a ton more than that against this Bills unit on the road. Seems like a very, very uphill battle for this Miami Dolphins team. Yep. This is probably the second best game from a football perspective that we will see this Sunday, or at least from an entertainment perspective. I think we might see uh, you know, some mistakes on both sides, but the Giants at the Vikings, Minnesota, favored by three points at home. Over-unders 48, I believe this was the exact line that we had for this game a few weeks ago, and it ended up playing out almost about how Vegas expected. Minnesota won by three, and the over-under, I believe it was a 27-24 game, so pretty close to the 48 number we have here. 
But both of us are on the Giants uh, plus three here. I like the over. Cody likes the under. But I think from a football perspective, these two teams are both very similar to me as far as quality goes. And when that's the case, I'm going to take the team that's getting the points. It's really as simple as that. I saw. I said earlier that I had a clear number six in confidence. This is the game. I, I think this is just a straight coin flip. And I don't know if three points is enough to really make me want to back the Giants here. So betting on Daniel Jones on the road in the playoffs just doesn't seem like a great pick. So I don't have a great uh, perspective from a betting uh, point of view, but I think this will be a very fun game to watch. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the most interesting games of this weekend. I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens in the 49ers and the Bills game, but I imagine both of those are going to feel kind of done by around halftime or the third quarter. Uh, but this very one fun. is definitely going to be one of those that I feel like both teams are going to be in until the end. So should be good. Um my only thing about taking the Giants in this game is I feel like I'm on the public side taking the Giants. Um, obviously, oh, Minnesota has been terrible against the spread the entire season. Um, so uh, no one's betting them. Everyone wants the Giants to win. So um, I- I'm going to take Giants plus three because I'm going to ride with it. I feel like that's extremely, extremely betting the public side. But um, I actually did look up some numbers. I, I will say it's not as bad as I initially thought. It actually is. Um, the Giants are actually slightly considered the sharp side, but um, I don't know. I just imagine there's got to be someone moving in on Minnesota at, at just three points. I feel like they are, uh, you know, I, I know the negative point differential. I know they haven't looked the best sometimes, but you find a way to get to 12 wins. You know, there's there's always a chance that you can go for, you know, you can win by 10. So, I don't know. I'm a little scared on this one. And then the under, my, my philosophy is I, on these unders, I imagine four out of six unders are going to hit. So I'm just going to take every single under and just try and get over 50% that way. Yeah, it's not a bad bet, especially because, you know, in the playoff atmosphere, you'd expect uh, the, you know, the unders to cash a little bit more often. These teams will be maybe a little bit tight to begin these games. And that is just going to lead to a, you know, a few less points across the board, I would imagine. I took the over again. I think it's a similar thing to the Chargers and the Jaguars. It's just the game script that I would prefer to see, and I don't trust either one of these defenses enough to take the under and put my money on it, but I would not argue with you if you took the under there. And, uh, yeah, this I think this game and the Chargers game are the two that I feel like Vegas is just sniffing something out here. They have Minnesota and the Chargers a few extra point favorites than I probably would have expected coming in, but uh, we'll see how they play out. Those should those two are shaping up to be the best two games of the weekend. We'll see how it plays out. Baltimore at Cincinnati, another divisional matchup here. Cincinnati favored by eight points. Over under is forty and a half. Surprise! Cincinnati is only favored by eight. I feel like that line's actually moved towards Baltimore uh, for some reason. Uh, Lamar Jackson news has not been positive, so I'm not sure why that's the case. But I'm taking the Bengals in the points here, and I'll take over forty and a half just because I think. That's a pretty low number, and Joe Burrow can, you know, give you thirty of that total pretty easily on his own. Uh, Cody, I think you're on the other side of this, so I'll let you uh, argue the Ravens. Yeah, I'm not going to necessarily argue for the Ravens. I think they've had a pretty solid defense so far this year. Um, that has really kept them, you know, as a playoff team since Lamar has gone down. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. So I, I'm going to take the under. And if I'm going to take the under, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I'm going to take Baltimore plus eight as well. Uh, This one for me is very simple. Cincinnati has been the most public team of the season. They are 12-3-1 against the spread. They have one of the best young quarterbacks. They're one of the most fun fun 
fun teams to watch, um, you know, on TV. So they are just as public as you can get. So I'm just going to try and think that I'm a sharp better and take the other side of it. But um, if you roll with the Bengals, I, I can't blame you. I feel like this could be, you know, nine to 10 points without Lamar. And I feel like the Bengals would still get a good amount of the bets. So, um, yeah, I, again, that's just more just trying to out, maybe outthink in the room a little bit, pulling a little bit of a brain in Staley, but we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, that's never a situation you want to be in, but I don't, I, it's going to be hard. For, you're going to be hard pressed to get me to bet against Joe Burrow at this point, no matter if it's against sure. the spread or in real life. He has looked fantastic and he's got all of his weapons back. This one, again, I think this would be kind of mid-pack for me as far as confidence level goes. I just don't love betting divisional games to begin with, and divisional games in the playoffs, that probably goes double. For sure. I think I would just sit back, enjoy this game, and bet on this Monday night football game instead. That is Dallas at Tampa Bay. Dallas is favored by 2.5 points on the road. The over-under, surprisingly, at 45.5 to me. I could not believe it was that high for both of these teams, especially because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers love to go under, but... I'm taking Dallas minus two and a half. I think this is another game where uh, this line would have probably been four or five if last week had not happened. I know that they did not look good against the Washington Commanders on the road last week in a game where they played their starters basically the entire game. But, uh, you know, they the, this Dallas Cowboys team has been prone to the occasional hiccup. It was on the road against a divisional opponent. I'm not really changing my opinion of this team too, you know, too much because of that game. Their defense played really well. They had a really... Now, they had a few just really costly turnovers in the red area that ended up inflating the scoreline for Washington. I think uh, you know the, the Dallas Cowboys defense basically shut down the, the commander's offense pretty much all game. Uh, and I think that they'll do the same here and you know the, then Dak will be able to do enough here to win a you know 21 to 17 game on the road against the Bucks here. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm I'm on the other side. I'm gonna take Tampa Bay plus two and a half. I think this is just going to be an <coughs> hater. Extremely, Excuse me. Sorry. I'm one hundred percent a hater. I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> well I will say it proudly. Um no, I, I think that there is uh I think there's a good chance that this is just a good low scoring game and you know it may come down to just a field goal either way. So um I, I think Dallas is a better team, but you know, I, I'm sure Brady's well aware that the Far Cowboys have never team. beat him, and uh, I'm sure he'd love to keep that going. So um, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal either way, so I'm just going to go ahead and take the team with the two and a half. Fair enough. Uh, I don't blame you as far as the close game goes, but, uh, yeah, I just think that Dallas has shown themselves to be uh, four to five points better than Tampa Bay on the NFL field, especially in a playoff situation, but we will see how it ends up working out. So those are our wild card picks for this weekend. Cody, do you have anything else you want to throw in about the, the football action this weekend, or are you ready to uh, get us out of here? Uh, we'll get out of here in just a sec. I forgot to throw this in as we started. I am going to uh, track these picks here, and we'll just take a look and see how we do picking every single Excellent. playoff game uh, through the playoffs. So you keep uh, keep – Keep listening. Keep tuning in as we kind of go through that. The content will probably slow down over the next couple months as the NFL starts to cool down. But as soon as, you know, draft stuff starts coming back up and things like that that, you know, are relevant to talk about, we will be here. Um, probably not three times a week. Probably looking at probably once a week, maybe twice if some really big information drops. So, uh, stay sure. subscribed on your phone. You know, definitely next fantasy season, we'll be right back to doing, you know, 
just as much, if not more, than what we did this year. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And then obviously, like I said, you know, we'll, we'll be keeping you updated with NFL stuff all offseason. Uh, maybe even dabble in some, you know, some NBA, some NCAA March Madness. Uh, the Tigers took another tough loss tonight. So definitely plenty of other yeah. things to talk about. And we want to keep this thing. Uh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> we want to keep this thing going and growing. So uh, share with your friends, share with your, share with your family. And uh yeah, good luck this weekend. Hope you win some. Hope you win some bets. Hope you win uh, some FanDuel fantasy. If you do some big DFS this weekend, it should be good. Cody, do you want to take three of your favorite bets real quick and just lay them out there? I have mine, so I'll list mine first. I'll let you gather yours real quick, and then uh, you know if they overlap, so be it. Because there's not a ton to pick from here, so that's totally fine. I'm gonna go Jacksonville plus two, Dallas minus two and a half, and then. Uh, under 42.5 on Seattle, San Francisco. Those are my three bets. One more time, that's Jacksonville plus two, Dallas minus 2.5, and, and Seattle, San Francisco over under under 42.5. All right. I am going to take I'll – ke- I'll try and keep them separate. I'm going to go under 43.5 in the Miami-Buffalo game. I just don't think Miami's yep. going to get any points rolling there. I'm going to take Baltimore sure. plus eight. I'm taking the. I'm going to see if I can get. If I'm going to, like I said, that's kind of my shot that I'm calling. See if I can consider myself a sharp better. So I feel like I should throw that out there. And then uh, I'm just going to. I'm going to roll this one with you. I feel like this is just one that we're both really on. Jacksonville plus two. I think that they're just. I yeah. feel like they're like you said. I you like can it. even take a money line if you want to put me down for Jacksonville money line. That's fine. I think that they are they're just as good as the Chargers at home uh, with a better coach. So I, I just feel like Jacksonville is going to win that game. There you have it, guys. Uh, good luck this weekend. Get your bets down. Have a good time. And hopefully we see a you know a few entertaining games out of this wild card slate. And then we'll do another preview before the divisional round as well. That should be the best you know weekend of the year for NFL football as it usually is. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Next weekend's going to be sick. Absolutely. Peace out, everybody. Very fun. See you guys.